0: Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we provide the internet with the life hacks they demand. I'm Matt Heron.
1: I'm Jeff.
2: I'm Louisa Herron.
1: Uh oh, guys, I'm sorry I said the phrase fat bull and pin so much before we started
0: recording. <laughs> it's weird that you were saying it when you were describing your genitals. That was the thing <laughs> oh my that really God.
1: bothered me. <laughs> Yeah, it bothers me that I did that, I guess. <laughs> Why did I do that? I don't know. <laughs>
2: the thing is, the bowling pins we have that when we think of it, they're like in the emoji for a bowling pin, that's that is the fat bowling pin, right? Because if you play the other way, nine pin or whatever it's called.
0: Candlestick.
2: It's, yeah, they're just they're just cylinders.
0: Shaped like a candle.
1: Yeah. 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 Well the I mean if you play what is it? Duck duck pin? The those have little Ooh. squatter ones. Oh, do they? Yeah. I haven't seen
0: those, I don't think. Is that related in some way to when you have Inflated bumpers in the uh, in the the gutter, so you can't fail.
1: <laughs> no, uh, oh, I I found a very good on the Wikipedia page duck pin bowling, a good comparison where the duck pin is about half the height of the candle pin, but the like shape of the ten pin. Hmm. So they're like a they're like a little Laurel and Hardy or Abbott and Costello. The ten pin on the duck pin. Hmm, is, right. La- is one of them skinny and Laurel and Hardy probably right? Yeah, I think so. That sounds right. I know Abbott and Costello one of them skinny and one of them is fat. Yeah, that's the main one. They're... I don't really
0: know, was Laurel and Hardy the ones who did Who's On First?
1: No, that was no, Abbott I and Costello. Tell you. Was it? Yeah. They're a real David Spade and Chris Farley. <laughs> Except da- I think David Spade was short and skinny and Chris Farley was tall and fat. They were really, yeah. really flipping things on the head in, com- in terms true. of comedy in the su- 90s. Subversive comedy. <laughs> Where they're different, but in a different way than the two guys had been different before. It mm. is still two guys, though. Don't yeah, get they, they do have to be it.
2: white. This is all <laughs> <Yes>. very important.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Ugh.
0: Also, one of the main jokes they have to always make is that one of them is fat.
1: Mm. And that the other one's smart. Oh, wait. <laughs> I guess they were just doing off mice and men, huh? Yeah.
0: Also... I remember that the movies did try to sell me on the idea that the David Spade character was the smart one, Yeah, but I never really bought it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, same. And we all remember him most from the movie Joe Dirt, where he plays a stupid bumpkin.
2: Yeah, I remember that, and then I remember that nowadays he has like no sense of humor about the fact that he was in terrible movies. I guess no, like that so. whole crew, him and Adam mm-hmm. Sandler and Kevin James, like they're all they will they'll make a million fart jokes and lick ice cream off the floor in a movie, and then if you're like, ha, you made a terrible movie, they're like, How dare you? How dare he, you sir, I'm made, an artist.
1: <clears throat> he made Joe Dirt 2 seven years ago. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he doesn't have a,
1: like that's I think he was already in the grown ups movies, like he didn't need the paycheck. Uh, I guess yeah. he thought he did.
0: I do think it's very funny that that crew constantly makes um, movies that are about class struggles and they need to have, like, a rich and or intelligent person in their movie, mm-hmm. and their conception of a rich or intelligent person is always, like, a very stupid person. <laughs> like, the the actors they get to play the rich people are, like, a, a Rodney Dangerfield movie conception of a rich or smart person, whereas yeah. real rich people are total shitbag assholes like Adam Sandler yeah, and his that's friends. The thing.
2: I think they make comedies, which is what happens when you have no ability to laugh at yourself, which is where the best comedy comes from. Yes. And they it must project it outwards. Even when they're doing like, oh, I'm a crazy guy saying crazy things in a store and everyone's looking at me. Like, it's like aggressive. It's not you're supposed to laugh at me. It's like I'm making you uncomfortable. Yeah. Ugh, I hate it.
0: And like, I've never seen the Grown Ups movies, but as I understand it, even those ones are kind of about, like, ah, yeah, we finally made it, and we stuck it to the richos. <laughs> yeah. But, like, all the characters, even the ones that the joke is that they, are, they didn't They weren't as successful as the others. They do still have to live in mansions, though. (laughs) Like, we can't envision how we would write a character that doesn't live in a mansion and have a pool. I don't don't know if I Have infinite money.
1: I don't know if I could blame them for that. That's all movie characters.
0: Um, I don't know that I agree. Like, not all movie characters- All movie characters are richer than normal people, yes, but- (laughs) All of the movie characters in Adam Sandler movies are richer
1: than rich people. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> anyway, rich people are uh, stupid and mean. So Cancer on society. <laughs> so it makes sense. It's good, I guess. <laughs> the, the bad what guy in Grown Ups is like, I don't know, a millionaire that slips in poop? I've never seen those movies. <laughs> Unless the guy you're talking about is Adam Sandler, I'm not interested. hmm <laughs> You gotta see Uncut Gems then. He has a lot of bad things happen to him because he's a greedy asshole.
2: Uh, But he got so much praise for that movie, it makes me very upset.
1: Because he did a good job in it. No!
2: He's never done a good job in anything! (laughs)
1: Yeah, i would have said it. that before uncut gems and then i think he did a good job because he how does everyone uh, not remember
0: that the thing that people are saying about uncut gems now is the exact same thing people were saying about punch drunk love and whatever that other one was spanglish. that people said was good spanglish i wasn't very good but no i know but they're like, like oh, he's doing
2: he's, mm. he's doing a star turn as a dramatic actor in this like one. no he's not
0: Adam Sandler tricks people into being like, oh, well, I guess this is good because all they remember is five years of him doing the shittiest farting onto the screen garbage movies. Yeah, he and does. then there's one that's kind of okay and then everyone's <laughs> like, oh, actually, he was a genius all along. And then he goes
1: back to fart movies for another five years. I mean, you yep. know, you do five for you and one for them. <laughs> I don't know. I think
0: that all of his movies where he is, like, barely above the very low bar that he sets for himself, we, we need to stop falling for it and giving him praise that he's actually good at anything. I, he's the worst.
1: I almost respect someone who can turn out a good performance and then chooses not to most of the time. <laughs> God. <laughs> that's, that's, like, so audacious. Uh uh-huh. it's like the Will Ferrell school of acting. <laughs> it's like yeah, I I could do stranger than fiction, but I want to do Anchorman too. <laughs> At least Will
0: Ferrell plays characters in his movies. Yeah. I feel like he's yeah. more willing to laugh at himself.
1: He's willing to be the butt yes. of the joke.
2: He's the coward or the, the guy is being ridiculous. Yeah,
1: he definitely seems like more of a fun person. I do also not like most of his comedy. <clears throat> yeah, that's
0: fair. I'm not a huge fan of a lot of his comedy, but, like, at least his comedy is- how do I say this? Constructed in some way? Like, mm. there is a premise to the jokes- <laughs> Whereas Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of Adam Sandler movies are start with "Let's all just get together and figure
1: out what's funny."
2: Yeah, let's go on vacation somewhere nice.
1: Yeah, it's that SNL school of making comedy where you just do coke from SNL, (laughs) right? But like in the '80s, I feel like they were definitely doing coke for a week and coming up with sketches more. The Will Ferrell era, I do not like. The time that Will Ferrell was on the show, there is some funny stuff. I don't think there's nearly as much funny stuff as the time when Adam Sandler was on the show, not because he was on it, but just the environment he was around, which made him, probably made him feel like he's funnier than he is. I don't
2: know if I agree. I feel like as more time passes, we look back on every era of SNL, like we only remember the good stuff and it gets more and more concentrated. So it seems like as you go back, they were funnier and funnier, but we're only remembering like three good sketches out of three years
1: or something. Yeah, maybe.
0: I don't know. I do feel like there was more, like, I- intelligent... Not... That sounds very sneaky. I don't
1: mean it like <laughs> yeah, that. You're a Niles
0: Crane is what you yeah. are. Adam Sandler no. doing a
1: baby voice on Weekend Update I don't think counts as intelligent. No, that. no, no. Not Adam Sandler.
0: <laughs> I'm talking about before that. Like, <clears throat> I feel like there was a period of time when SNL was genuinely... Interested in doing the kind of jokes that like were not allowed in other comedy forums, yeah. Um, And those those have value, even if they're not funny. Which SNL usually isn't funny. When they bring up things that would be like not ready for primetime comedy, it, it is it is interesting to watch people write jokes about things that normally would be. Off the table for comedy, and I'm not talking about like uh, PC culture or whatever. Like when they would make fun of the, the president. The president. I mean, they still try to, but they but don't, they don't make really make
2: fun anymore, do they? That's also yeah, exactly. part of
1: it. They just do what, like they don't. <laughs> it was really, really weird watching. Anytime Alec Baldwin played Donald mm, Trump on there, I
2: didn't bother. Yeah,
1: because like I, I don't think I got through a full sketch because every time I'm just like. There's no joke here. He's just like doing a precise and accurate impersonation and saying mm-hmm. things that are less incendiary and stupid than the real person would say.
0: Right, yeah. because all of the people on it now are successful, and the real way to make fun of a lot of successful people is to make fun of how greedy and idiot it like stupid they are. No, but idiot, they don't yeah. want to do yeah, but they don't want to do that because, like, Lauren Michaels is one of those greedy, stupid people. And they don't want to get fired by him because he is notoriously uh, angry at people for making fun of him. Yeah, he's so... always demanding
1: that they give me back my show. Yep,
0: he's always demanding uh, that they bring him pictures of Spider-Man.
1: <laughs> oh my god, he's 77. That dude's gonna die. Then what's gonna happen? Is this a threat, <laughs> <laughs> Jeff? place of birth <laughs> disputed.
2: <laughs> that's awesome here's the two <laughs> <was> options
1: <laughs> either Toronto, Ontario, Canada mm-hmm. or British Mandate of Palestine that's not <laughs> even close hmm. it's not like well he might have been born in Montreal or Toronto You don't know it's like he might have been born in North America or the border of Africa like what are you <laughs> saying <laughs> I mean
0: it's definitely Palestine right I feel like that's the kind of thing that a person like Lauren Michaels would pay a lot of money to cover up. It's that just he's actually from
1: Palestine. Multiple sources say he was born in Toronto, <laughs> while others state he was born on the kibbutz in the British man- Mandate of Palestine. I mean, like two years before it became the the current nation of Israel. But tomato, tomato. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway,
0: funny or yeah, interesting, Matt, what did you do this week? <clears throat> um, I'll be quick because I don't really have a good one, but uh, this is more of a recommendation on my wife's behalf. And I've listened to a couple episodes and it's pretty good. Uh, it is the spooky season, or we're, we're start- starting to get into the spooky season. Yep. And my wife has been listening to, actually this ties into our discussion of SNL. Uh, has been listening to a new podcast she discovered, not new, it's several years old, but she just discovered it, uh, called Scary Stories to Tell on the Pod.
2: Hmm, okay. Uh,
0: oh, and it is hosted by, uh, a couple of comedians. One, the, the, the female comedian is a, a current SNL cast member. I don't know anything about SNL, but that is where she is known okay. from. yeah, I don't
2: know the current
0: cast <clears throat> at all. Um, but what's interesting is it's all based on the books scary stories to tell in the dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when if you remember reading those books when you were younger, you will recall that the books the the stories all uh, like all of the books start with a recommendation that you don't read the books quietly to yourself, but rather that you read them out loud to people in the dark. Uh, and they often contain like stage directions and stuff. And so if you, like me, were a young kid who was not popular with other young kids, <laughs> that was not your experience of these books. Um So every episode they start by, well, kind of, obviously they start by introducing themselves and talking about themselves like every podcast does. But the, the meat of the episode starts with them reading the story aloud, and then they talk about it. And just hearing people read the stories aloud is a very different experience than reading them in the book. It's very interesting that that, that happens.
1: <clears yeah, <clears I don't really I, considered. I didn't remember these well enough to remember that there was a conceit that you should read them out loud. Yeah, me either. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, there's a lot of them that's like, and at this line, jump on your friend and yell, I'm going to gnash your bones, or whatever. That's fun. Yeah. So, so are they scary it,
2: when you hear them on a podcast
0: they often are scarier than they were when you read them mm. Okay. I mean, the downside is that they don't have the illustrations, but they do talk about the illustrations a lot. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Just this fucked
2: up guy in watercolor, <laughs> yeah. a bunch of gray and dots. And oh, imagine like,
0: like a cloudy lady. background yeah. and a bunch of weird <laughs> tentacles for no reason coming off of the thing. The thing is,
2: with that art, you can say the same description for every single piece of it. It's <laughs> like yeah, a fucked up guy. There's gray dots.
0: <laughs> yeah. We watched a documentary about those books a little while ago, and they had a discussion of Stephen Gamble, the guy who did all of those illustrations.
1: (laughs) And And, his prison sentence.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, but uh, a woman who was, like, his assistant for many years talked about he chose to do illustrations on books uh, based on, like, he would get the manuscript and he would decide which one inspired his art, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, good, laudable. But one of the things he always had in his contract was that he would never... Accept feedback from the author. <laughs> like Amazing. He, he would get the manuscript, and then he the the stories he read would inspire him to draw whatever the thing is. He also illustrated some like Revolutionary War, um, like uh nonfiction books and stuff like that. Which <laughs> Truly
1: captured the horror of the war.
0: <laughs> I mean, they're not not horrible yeah, the the, pictures. That the thing is this. about him, he
2: is a very talented <clears throat> artist. But someone told me a while ago. Um, he has amazing range we all know these pictures but if you look at some of his other art it's totally different and i looked it up no it's not it's all yeah. exactly the same it's all these people even when he's drawing like happy clowns in the
0: circus for a different oh, children, God, that that's horrible they
2: are extremely creepy and fucked up yeah
0: <laughs> yep it's true um which like is a gift in its own way <laughs> it's it's your talent telling you what you should be doing
2: yeah exactly
0: um but anyway I do love the idea that like one of the illustrations that always bothered me so much when I was a kid reading these books uh is one of the most famous stories in those books is Harold the Scarecrow. Yeah. yeah I
2: read that recently and it did not hold up for me but go he's, on.
1: He's in the motion picture as
0: well. It's huh. true. Uh, I don't feel any particular way about Harold, but I do think I I do remember when I was a kid being very annoyed by the fact that the illustration that goes with that story Harold is hanging off of a pole like a scarecrow would do, and he's got his, like, upper body and torso is just sort of dangling there because he's an an inanimate object but his legs are, like, perfectly T-posed out (laughs) like, his legs are are perfectly horizontal in either direction. And why the fuck would anyone build a scarecrow oh, yeah. in that shape? <laughs> that doesn't make any fucking sense at all. And I imagine Stephen Gamble drawing this scarecrow and then sending it back to Al- Alvin Schwartz and being like, here's my picture of your scarecrow. And Alvin being like, have you ever seen a fucking scarecrow?
1: No, no at all. And then Stephen really Gamble
0: yeah. being like, "I, I did not read your letter back. I tore it up
1: and threw it in the fire." Although I'm looking at Harold now, it is probably much creepier than it would have been if the legs had been normal. Yeah, I
0: mean, I think that's part of why Stephen Gamble's art is so disturbing. In addition to all the weird tentacles and and like fetus shaped beings um the fact that often in the illustrations the they they you have an expectation of what you think a skirt Girl would look like and then it's not that and you're like i'm a kid i don't know if i'm wrong or this <laughs> yeah. is wrong
2: i think maybe if he read the story ahead of time i think you said he'd like to do uh, yes. The fact that that Scarecrow walks around being such a big part of the story, maybe he was like, I gotta make the legs super prominent.
0: Gotta <laughs> the highlight the most powerful thing. legs. <laughs> it's true, but, the- again, if his legs stick out like that, he couldn't walk around Ooh, because they are perfectly horizontal. <laughs> it's all the more shocking
1: than mm, when he just- does get up and walk around.
0: <laughs> it's so fucking annoying! Uh,
1: uh,
0: that kind of shit bothered me so much when I was a kid.
1: It's really weird. There's too many podcasts that draw, I will say, draw inspiration from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Mm-hmm. There's another one that is sort of like just anthology audio readings of Scary Stories called Scary Stories Told in the Dark.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cheating.
1: Uh, and then there's a spinoff of that that is... Chilling Tales for Dark Nights, an anthology, a horror anthology, and scary stories podcast. Like, there's enough that when you mentioned scary stories to tell on the pod, I was like, I oh, don't that feels ungoogledly <laughs> similar <laughs> to these other ones.
0: Here is how I always judge stuff like this, because that's true of a lot of podcast premises where there are 50 different podcasts that are all barely different from one another. Mm-hmm. The way you can tell which one is worth listening to is to find which one Paul F. Tompkins guest- guested on for an episode, and that's the one, mm. yeah. and this is that one. Yeah, he's
2: your constant. You can check any podcast to see how good it is with his episode.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Paul F. Tompkins was the first guest on Scary Stories to Tell in the Pod, and he is fantastic. He reads the story of The Haunt, uh, the the very famous drawing of the girl with the decayed face, And her bones are in the basement, and a preacher comes and she tells him to take her finger bone and put it in the collection plate at church. Where it sticks to the hand of her murderer.
1: Whoa. (laughs) It's pretty good. Uh, Anyway, that is not applicable if Paul F. Tompkins is playing a character on the podcast. If he's playing a character, then that podcast is bad. (laughs) Yes. If if there is any improvisation involved, I am not interested.
0: Yes.
2: (laughs) Well, that sounds pretty cool, especially for this season.
0: Yeah, if if you are a person who liked reading those books, or have any memories at all of reading those books, it's good. I mean, I've only listened to a couple episodes because I didn't super love those books when I was a kid, and I don't have a strong memory of most of the stories, but the ones that I do have a strong memory of, I've listened to, and they are good. So, right.
1: yeah. I remember um, reading, I I enjoyed those books, I have no memories of having read those books. So I'm in one group, but not the other.
0: relatedly, I uh, recently had a discovery. I was like, the pickiest eater when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And I was so upset by weird textures in food. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know what the exact origins of that are are
2: i think i know i think we were told all of our feelings were extremely valid and this is why i don't think that's a good idea to do to children so if we (laughs) didn't like anything even a little bit suddenly those needs are going to be catered to it was we were never told yeah but it's fine so don't worry about it
0: you know i hear what you're saying and i think that there's some truth to that perhaps but i also think like I would have a literal, like, stomach-churning reaction, like an a visceral, emotional reaction mm-hmm. if I, like, bit down on something and there was a piece of gristle in it. Okay. And I don't, and, like, I don't know why exactly that started. I don't know if this is the origin, but I do know when we were recently looking through these books, there's a story about a man who uh, is, like, a a butcher and he kills his wife and puts her body into sausage and it becomes the most popular sausage. So he starts killing other people in town uh, and making their a bodies into sausage. God, Okay. Yes. Um, it's like an old Appalachian folk tale or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a picture in the book of a severed arm with a fork in its hand eating itself. <laughs> Whoa. And. Sounds like a sick tattoo. <laughs> when, yeah. But when I saw this picture in the book, I had that exact same, like, nauseated feeling that I got when I was mm. a kid. Mm-hmm. For the first time, I, I haven't had that feeling in 20 years, but as soon as I saw the picture, I felt the exact same way, and I'm like, did this pic? did this illustration <laughs> cause my misery of eating for, f- you know, 15 years of my life? <laughs> Maybe! <laughs>
1: Oh, Louisa, your first t- tattoo has to be like a like a ratfink-style arm eating itself <laughs> with a fork.
2: It's got so many tentacles and eyeballs coming off of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anyways, Jeff, what did you do this week? Oh, boy.
1: Uh, I watched a lot of television, because school has right. just started, and I'm going to say that every week of the podcast until the school year's over. <laughs> All right. Uh, I finished Star Trek Discovery... I, well, caught up with because there's a fifth season coming out eventually, uh, but I, I finished season four. Excellent. Highly recommend it to anyone. Uh, it's I
0: fell off of Star Trek Discovery be- once they started getting to the stuff where um, what's that tall weirdo's name? Saru. Saru started like evolving
1: new superpowers. <laughs> uh, he, st- he stops doing that. They co- okay, good. It's it's interesting because it's Star Trek as prestige television, where there's, like, multi-episode and even season-long storylines, mm-hmm. um, which is not the usual formula for that franchise. They will have, it was like... meant
2: to be, like, uh, Adventure of the Week type of stuff, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. like, I know, like, Voyager and Deep Space Nine got into some, you know, season-long things, but... Not in the same way as, like, we do now in an age where you can rewatch TV whenever you want, and so they kind of make TV with the understanding that you'll have seen the previous episodes. Yeah. Right. Um, so it's, it's interesting to see it in that format, and it's interesting, if you've never watched it, to uh, watch a Star Trek show where there is a main character, and it's not the captain of a ship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, those are, those are, like, the two interesting hooks. And...
0: I think it's interesting because, um, if you asked me who the main character was of Star Trek The Next Generation, I don't know that I could tell
1: you. Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. I would say Captain Picard, though, still.
0: Really? Because he's not, he's not even the focus of most episodes. Yeah. He's not... I think, Mm I mean, I think that the problem that I had with whatever that that guy's name is who I Patrick already Stewart. forget no <laughs> the guy in Discovery who keeps evolving his superpowers yeah that guy um, it started with Data because in the later seasons of Star Trek they were like okay every episode now has to be about Data discovering that he's actually even more awesome and powerful than he was before
2: yeah and lie in the script that he tells Tasha Yar that he has a working penis yes. <laughs> put that in there <laughs> They insisted then, they screamed it.
0: <laughs> and then in Deep Space Nine, literally the whole second half of the series was just about Odo. Yeah, um, was, like, finding
2: out that he was related to the gods. Yeah, no, I didn't care for that.
0: Yeah, and then he was like the the. the Not only was he the chosen one of the gods, but also the only person who could bring peace to the universe. Like, (laughs) fuck off. (laughs) They already told Sisko he was the only one
2: who could bring peace to the (laughs)
0: universe. They set up the whole series as like, oh yeah, he's the gatekeeper of the like extra-dimensional beings or whatever. And then later in the series, that comes up and he'll be like, oh yeah, I do that. Anyway. Like, What? (laughs)
2: I like that the gods are thinking, you know what would be funny? We tell just a bunch of people that they're the only one who can save the universe. (laughs) If I was a god, that's what I would do. Hedge your bets.
1: Zeus kind of did that, didn't he? (laughs) A little bit. Yeah, probably. He also drove a bunch of people insane.
0: Yeah, I would do that Here's the thing. Later on, hundreds of thousands of years later, we all only remember the ones that actually did become heroes.
1: (laughs) Hundreds of thousands of years after Star Trek? Yeah, that's true.
2: Yeah, yeah, it happened a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, I remember. Yep, yeah,
1: mm-hmm. It takes place so in, this one was it takes good- place in our galaxy, goddammit.
2: <laughs> Here's the thing, as a kid, I religiously watched The Next Generation and Deep Space Nine, but when I hear about Star Treks now, I think maybe I would like to watch one, and then anyone says any bad thing about it, oh, they didn't really develop these characters well, or this story didn't go anywhere, and instantly I'm like, well, I'm never going to watch that. <laughs> so there hasn't been any perfect... Star Trek season series.
1: Uh, first, I the first me. season yeah. of Discovery is genuinely great. Okay. Yeah, uh, I I really really liked the the most recent season, the fourth season. I felt like it solved a lot of the uh, the issues I had with prior seasons, where like the character work is excellent, but the plot seems to be sort of treading water sometimes. Yeah. Um, but. I like all the characters. I really like the situations they were in this season. I can't say anything about the like status quo of where the series is because it changes so radically each season that anything I say about the premise of season four would be a spoiler for all of the previous seasons.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I've also watching the I think third 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 season of Lower Decks, which is also quite good. Hmm. In the that's an
0: animated one, right? Yeah.
1: In the uh second or third episode they go to a theme park uh that is based on Zephyr Cochrane uh and first like making first contact and having a warp drive.
2: <laughs> is it like the wailers on the moon from Futurama?
1: Yeah, it's kind of like there's like <laughs> Zephyr Cochrane animatronics and hollows around like guiding people where they're supposed to go. He says some of his fun catchphrases. It's a pretty good pretty good gag.
0: I think it's very them. funny that oftentimes in depictions of the future, they have like future theme parks are often focused around single historical events that we know from that universe like this. Uh even though in the real world, whenever anyone has tried to make a theme park around history it's always failed miserably because no one gives a shit what about colonial williamsburg <laughs> oh yeah the that theme park with rides what are you talking about <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's it's a bush, living history museum. bush
2: gardens is near there and that's the one that's near there right yeah and oh, like their only theme is beer <laughs> so they've really taken the pressure <laughs> off the history on that one
0: like when walt disney made was it oh, Disney he was a real World? sicko
2: for American history.
0: Yeah. He he tried like six times to make parts that were just about American history, and yeah. they all failed terribly because no one gave a shit.
2: <laughs> yeah, I love that the American Adventure and associated things are because he was so delighted with World's Fair stuff about American history, and he's like, we have to have this in the theme park. Nobody yeah. else really cares about that. He was the only one who it's did. It's true.
0: And that's the least interesting part of every theme park <laughs> that he's ever made.
2: Oh, I love those animatronics, You're Like though. I gotta mm. get
0: through Main Street USA so that I can get to that part where those hillbilly bears yell at me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love uh, Alexander Graham Bell robot and Andrew Carnegie robot yelling at each other about how the Scottish were the ones really building America. Yes! doesn't <laughs> mean anything! Nobody yep, says that or thinks true, it. It's true, though.
1: Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> delightful
2: Ugh.
0: i was very mad earlier this week that there was a final jeopardy question about which university had scotty dogs as their mascot when they were founded and were called the the scotsman or whatever mm-hmm. and i couldn't figure it out and then they were like carnegie Mellon because of andrew yes! carnegie and i was like fuck oh, i'm so angry <laughs> uh no one on the show got it either and like that's a I, very I, good question it makes sense but you didn't get there <laughs> i know i wanted to figure it out and i was trying so hard i'm like okay scottish communities in america in the like 1800s where were the scottish immigrants settling but no you got to think about where were scottish rich people making an impact because that's how universities get founded god damn it <laughs> <Yeah>, it's true <chill.
1: sighs> anyway Star anyway. star trek is good when they go on, when they go on the Phoenix ride, it does play Magic Carpet Ride by Steppenwolf. No, very good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the end. Uh, who still has to talk about their thing? Is it Lisa yes. yes. There we go. Uh,
2: this week I started playing a new game called ooh. Ooblets. This ooh. is a this is actually a new game. Sorry,
0: what? I was making a joke because I said ooh, and then you said ooblets, so I said blats. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
2: Uh, Do you know what bletting is? Have you ever heard this term?
0: No. Is it a sex
2: thing? (laughs) No. (laughs) It's when you, certain types of fruit need this. You leave them out, you pick them, you leave them out for the first frost, and the frost makes them turn their bitter, poisonous uh, flesh sweet- instead mm. so that you can eat it so anyway that's just one of those cool like old english words you never that think about that makes around. me Blething. think about
0: something i discovered which is uh when you make uh marijuana gummies mm-hmm. they go moldy so fast and it's really annoying because you can't eat them fast enough to before they go moldy mm-hmm. but you can prevent that by when you first make them letting them sit out for, like, days and days to dry out, which Mm -hmm. doesn't seem like that's how it should work, right? (laughs) You feel like leaving food out on the counter would make them go moldy faster.
2: Yeah, that's one of those things, like, it doesn't seem like adding more sugar to fruit should keep it from getting moldy, like, that doesn't make any
0: sense, but it works. It's weird when you have, like, this this always freaks me out when you can leave like syrup in the count in the in the cabinet instead of the fridge oh, yeah. and you're like but it's all sugar and isn't that isn't sugar what like mold and bacteria want to eat why does this not work no sugars Too much su- sugar.
1: sugars are preservative somehow I think people always think I'm joking when I say that but it is no, it is. It's because
2: the concentration is so high. There's nothing right. for the bacteria to grow on. There's too much sugar and nothing else in it. Yeah, it's sugar like is they... a
0: preservative if it's a lot of sugar, yeah. but a little bit of sugar does encourage yeah. bacterial
1: growth. That's the thing that's confusing. That's yeah. why you have to use exactly a spoonful to help the medicine go down. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: It's true. One spoonful per question mark. <laughs> that's the ratio. No, you lost me. Like. <laughs> No matter what volume of other stuff you're doing, just add one spoonful of sugar and you will be fine.
1: Okay. I see. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh- what if you need the medicine to go up?
0: Mm. really makes Love you it. think. You have to give it a talking parrot umbrella, I think. Whoa. Is that the rules of this game of this uh movie? <laughs> oh, no, Mary Poppins reference. game. The Mary oh, Poppins Oh my MMO. god, I didn't play. It. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, yes. stop the podcast. We need to write a Mary Poppins <laughs> video game. Will you
1: join the chimney sweep's guild? <laughs> no, we need to hire Tim Schafer and all of his old Lucas Arts uh colleagues to make a Mary Poppins video game.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, This is a very branching good. paths conversation because I do like the idea of, like, a LucasArts-style point-and-click game, but Louisa proposing a Mary Poppins MMORPG is incredible. (laughs) Classes include Housekeeper, Chimney Sweep, Suffragette, and Banker.
1: No, every character is Mary Poppins. It's into the Poppins verse.
0: (laughs) I mean, now you're just talking about the Star Wars uh, MMORPG. Yeah. Oh, I could be I could be a Jedi, or I could be a merchant. I think you could play. I think you could
1: mainly just play Crumblest the Loser, unless you got really lucky in that one. In the original <laughs> the first, one, not the, the yeah, one. the
0: original one. You had to play for like six hundred hours to unlock the Jedi class. But in the th- in the like, what is it? The old, the old Republic. Republic yeah. You could just click on, I want to be a Sith from the beginning. Nice. And everyone did. (laughs) Literally no one played any other class. I was going to make
2: a joke that if they're all Mary Poppinses in this game, you'd have different skins. But there would only be three. There would just be her, her in her Jolly Holiday outfit, and then her Mm -hmm. covered in soot, and that's it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So there'd be hundreds of thousands of Mary Poppins. And weirdly
0: her dressed as the the nun from Sound of Music.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But there's only three costumes you can be, so... Mm -hmm. Uh, Speaking of games, (laughs) this path did branch, but it's circling back around. I played Ooblets, which is Mm -hmm. a very good game. It's actually new. It's not just new to me, which is Mm. unusual. It's actually a new game. It's on Switch, PC, and ooh, there's one other Xbox.
0: PC and Xbox are basically the same. Yeah, that's fair.
2: I don't care about either one, so I have it on Switch. But... (laughs) This is an indie game, so it's uh, slightly unpolished, which I don't love. People say a lot of times, well, good gameplay is more important than it being polished. I don't know if I agree. I think I like a game to be polished more than I care about it being a good game.
0: Yeah, I find that games often, if they are made by a small studio, overlook like the small quality of life stuff that makes yeah. you forget you're playing a game. Yeah. And that's the most important stuff a lot of the time, especially in a game that is not action-oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not, like, doing a lot of twitchy clicking and stuff like that, then just the quality of life of, like, menus being easy to navigate gets so much more important.
2: <laughs> yes, I like this game a lot, and this isn't a detraction, but um, there is a point where you're able to explore the map, and if you go to the map and choose your destination, you then have to... Uh, uh, down. Keep hitting down to go back through all the choices to get to the bottom where it says "Go to this destination," and that's irritating. You know, it's little things like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. the The I little mean, things it'll... is part of why I bounced off of um. God, Warframe? No, War War Warframe. something. It was a little Fire Emblem Advance Wars style game uh for oh, the yeah. Switch, but like War Groove, War Groove. That's the one.
0: Yeah, Warframe. Yeah, Warframe. That one for the same reason. <laughs> it's just
1: like there's a bunch like oh, if I, if I, there's not that little hitch and pause if I'm scrolling and I land on something that I would want to click on like there is in those yeah. other games that mm. I didn't even notice until I played this one that didn't have it. <laughs> or, like, yeah. it doesn't automatically go to the next, like, character I have to move after I finish doing something and I have to, like, move the cursor myself. It's really evident in... I.
0: A couple years ago, I tried to go back and play some of the older Pokemon games on emulators just because like I skipped a bunch of them while I was in college because I didn't have time to play them. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I should go back and play whatever, Silver and Gold, or whatever Silver they are. Is that, and is that what it is? The Bare Lives Edition.
1: Uh, probably the Game, Boy, the Game Boy Advance ones or the DS ones might have been ones that you skipped. Yeah,
0: I'm just trying to... Was Silver and Gold one of uh,
1: the set of them? That was a set of them, yes. Okay, yes.
0: Those ones, I think, were ones I tried to play, and the amount of quality of life increases they've done over the Pokemon game series, you don't realize until you try to go back to those ones, and you're like, holy fuck. Like, I have to have the... The Pokemon in the first slot in my party for them to ever oh god, gain experience yeah. at all—that that sucks <laughs> so much. Getting a
2: Jiradeus used to be so impressive because you'd have to have that fucking Magikarp start every battle and then switch yes. it out real quick before it got killed. Oh yep. my god, that sucked.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, what I really, really, really like is see. This is why I'm like a proponent of Pokemon ROM hacks. Because they'll bring in some of those Mm. newer, like, quality of life upgrades to the older games so that you can play them without becoming insane. (laughs)
0: It's very funny to me that in the old games they would be like, alright, right right before you get to Victory Road, we'll give them a skill that makes it so that they can warp back to any town they've ever gone to so that they can go back and collect stuff. And nowadays it's like, alright, well, here's your Pokéball, choose your starter, cool, here's a teleport spell that lets you teleport to any place you've been before because we realize that it's miserable (laughs) to have to walk around this map.
2: Yeah. Uh, anyway, I mentioned that thing about Ooblets, the the map menu, only because it stands out in this game as being a little annoyance, because even though it's a indie game, it's very well polished, I think. Oh, that's good. And the way this game works is you move to a town, uh, you have a farm, so you need to fix that up. Very much like Stardew Valley, you get to know people in the town that it's next to, uh, what they like, give them treats and things, they become better friends to you. They give you really good gifts. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's that. There's. It's a bit like Animal Crossing in that you can decorate your farm however you like and uh, you collect things like in Animal Crossing. You go around and gather seashells on the beach or fruits on trees
0: mm-hmm. to build things. Can you gather things to make you better at farming?
2: Uh, By completing tasks, you get, like, Star wishies that you can then use to upgrade things. So kind of. okay.
0: Yes, good. That's all I need for yeah. me to want to play a game. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah, the first thing I did was upgrade my sprinklers all the way so I never have to water plants again. So yep, very good. was really important to me. Um, but then I guess the real draw of the game is the way in which it's like Pokemon, which is there are ooblets, which are just little creatures. <clears throat> They're all roughly the same size and shape. And they just are around in open spaces, and if you see them, they'll run up to you, and then you can have them dance battle against the ooblets you have with you.
0: so you do start is with this them, supposed to be a reference to the David Bowie movie labyrinth? No, next okay. question
1: <laughs> interesting. I, um, I
0: just keep thinking about the oubliette, which I know is a word outside of labyrinth, but that's the main thing. I know that word from, <laughs> yes. and then as I was thinking that, you were saying that they could dance battle, and that is <laughs> the main theme of Labyrinth. As I remember it, is dance battles. Yes, so, <laughs> dance magic, dance, etc.
2: <laughs> I don't know if this will make Matt like the game more or hate it, but the dance battles are set up with. Um... Card game mechanics. Oh, okay. Which is not super complicated. Like I caught onto it oh, right away. Boo. <laughs> and I like it, and I don't <laughs> like those things normally, so it might be too simplistic
0: for mm. that. But it, I thought you were going to say rhythm game mechanics, since it's oh, a no. dance battle, which would be so cool. <laughs>
2: so you get a number of cards in your hand at the start of the battle, depending on how many uh, ooblets you have facing off against these other ooblets. Mm-hmm. and. Yeah, you you, ones will make like make that the other team lose a turn or give you extra points if you do this in combination. This anyway, it's fun. I like that. I like that they went away from Pokemon in that way. Um, Yeah, it's It's super exciting.
0: Pokemon, the worst part of Pokemon games is battles nowadays. You know what I mean?
1: No, I miss yeah. (laughs)
0: Like catching Pokemon is way more fun now than the battles are.
2: Well, the new game's gonna have. More battles in a special battle place, right? So I think it. that's
0: part of why it's not as fun anymore. Though they keep adding new, like now this is a battle where you have to fight against eight different people, or in a special area where this rule happens, or like the terrain of the arena changes. The blah, blah, blah. yeah, It's just it's too much. It's too many things to keep track of.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I I thought it was a uh, I Legends Ar- Arceus was incredible. Love that game. Feels great to catch Pokemon and run around. There is a narrative reason why there's much less battling, but also, I really wish there was more battling, so it felt <laughs> like there was a better reason for me to be catching and training all these guys.
2: Yeah, yeah, I never really bothered training any of my guys when I caught them, because who cares? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, although you got to get them to learn all those abilities so that you can, like, finish their page in the Pokédex or whatever. Yeah, this I is didn't why bother. I didn't finish that game, because <laughs> I spent a thousand hours trying to get my uh, fire weasel to learn fire attack number four <laughs> to, f- to have him use it a hundred times. This is, God, what a
1: shitty mechanic that was. This was my That was the first Pokémon game that I completed the Pokédex in. I oh, nice. caught all the guys and got the, like... 10 rank uh, points on each Pokédex page. I didn't get... Did I didn't perfect anyone's Pokédex page, I don't think. Uh, maybe I perfected all of yeah, them. That was announced. what I was working on. Oh, yeah, no. Oh,
2: man, you're crazy. Yeah, I that's know!
1: A poor <laughs> the, yeah. You, I don't think you get anything for it beyond the, the 10 points.
2: Yeah, well. so maybe Ublitz is your thing then, Matt, because the thing of, that you can do to complete a page for these little guys, there's only 45 types of Ublitz. Uh, common ones, you see those around all the time. Every single day, you get a little report on which ooblets are around today. Yeah. And you'll see the same ones. Then, mm, once in a while, like, once maybe every five times, there will be an uncommon variant, which is going to be different colored.
1: Shiny ooblets.
2: They are. There's common, there's uncommon. And then, very rarely, like, once out of 20 in-game days, you might find one that's gleamy. And they are Ooh. completely different colors, and they're surrounded by colored sparkles at all times, and oh, I love them so much! So as soon nice. as you see there's one of those, you're like, I have to get that one today, absolutely. So that's exciting. And then the page is done. If you have all three kinds, that is completely uh, filled out in your grum-boire. My what? Uh, grumboire.
0: Okay. <laughs> is that a rock band?
1: <laughs> yeah, they, they... have
0: big fungus in them. <laughs>
1: They dress up in a big Chungus costume and spit blood at you. (laughs) Uh,
2: So I recommend it to both of you guys and other people who like Stardew Valley especially and Pokemon.
0: As soon as it comes out on Steam Deck, I will play it because Steam Deck is better than uh, Switch in every measurable way.
1: I have my little portable PC and I like it. I do find myself wanting to buy things on Switch if there's no other difference, because the Switch has a better battery life and weighs less.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense.
2: Anyway, what do we do on this here show?
1: Good
0: question. Well, on this show, we uh, go to the WikiHouse suggested articles page, and we enter a random word to see a list of articles people have requested related to that word, and then we provide people ad- advice on how, it, uh, how to do those things, and today our random word was... Guide.
1: Mm, after we teach them how to hate, we teach them how to guide. What? What? Last week <laughs> was last week Star was Wars? how to hate.
0: Oh yes. Okay. okay. I thought I did think that that was a quote from something. <laughs> nope. I was sure it
2: was Star Wars <laughs> mm-hmm. about making kids into evil jedis or whatever.
0: Yeah, it's what the Mandalorian yells to baby Yoda before he gets crushed by a trash compactor or something. <laughs> probably.
1: <laughs> yeah, he gets run over by a garbage truck. It's really sad. Mm-hmm. They have to well, have Baby Yoda put down.
0: I mean, that's what happened to his dad.
1: Baby Yoda? Baby Fett. Baby oh, Baby Boba Fett. Oh, Boba
0: Fett. <laughs> Is that Baby Yoda's dad or the Mandalorian's dad? Both. They're brothers. Whoa, oh, cool. That's cool. So ironic. Spoilers. That's the twist no one expected.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, stupid. Uh, so how do you... Well, get, Matt, you'll probably know this. A guy for level, leveling blacksmithing? Mm. Is that from a game? What do they mean? Uh, they probably mean a game,
0: but they didn't specify the yeah. Yeah, game, so we're gonna blacksmithing have to... is maybe a skill in every game that's ever been made. And in real life. Yes. Uh,
2: buy a spirit level, and then if you make an iron table, put it on top and see if it's level. And then
0: Here's a, here's a, a life <laughs> hack that I've learned, and this is something that they won't tell you in blacksmithing school, mm-hmm. but shave your arms-
2: Aha! Mm.
0: Let me explain. <laughs> no no explanation needed. <laughs> when I took blacksmithing classes, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it hurt my hands very badly. But, <laughs> more importantly, the smell of burning hair off of my arms was really unpleasant and really slowed me down, I feel like. If you can shave all the hair off your arms before you start, I feel like you could get good at blacksmithing much
1: faster. What if you just do the training session with unshaved arms, and then all the next ones you don't have to worry about it, because it's all burnt (laughs) off.
2: Yeah, what about that? What about that, Matt?
0: (laughs) I don't know. I guess it depends on how fast your arm hair regrows. What if
2: you Johnny Tremaine yourself? Could you become one with the spirit of blacksmithing through that? Is that like trepanning yourself?
0: No. Yeah, Johnny
1: trepanning yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know...
2: Johnny Tremain was a story, a fictional story, a lot of kids read it in school, about a kid during the American Revolution, Johnny Tremaine, <clears throat> who worked as an apprentice silversmith. I think he might have worked for Paul Revere. because it put was- his
1: dog down.
2: It was very much like, wow, was, a kid gets to relate to these historical figures. Aren't they coming alive for He a real you?
1: American
0: girl. <laughs>
2: yeah, pretty much. That's what it was. <laughs> yes. But what he does is he burns his head so badly that the skin sticks together. And then, like, Gross. he can his hand. Yeah, it's like, uh, my life is over. But then by the end, he realizes that he could have the uh, operation, which he's been afraid of, an operation to make his hand useful again. So... Anyway, Johnny Tremaine <laughs> burned himself on silver.
1: <laughs> I would also be afraid to have an operation if I lived in American Revolution times. Yes,
2: yeah, yeah, me too. But he was course, right. It's a, it's a book for kids, so it's presented really I like, think at one, point,
0: at one point they suggest he just cut the hand off and replace it with like a, a metal hand. Well, cool. Mm, that'd be pretty baller. Yeah.
1: Just like Star Wars.
0: <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> Everything's Not a just robot like
2: Star hand. <laughs> It could be a robot hand what if it was clockwork and you had to wind it up.
1: Ooh, the Ooh. clockwork robot hand. It can only do
2: one thing and it is giving yeah. the finger.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's, it can only do one thing and it's telling time.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, what time is it? Better look down at my wrist. Not my watch, my wrist will tell me the time.
0: How to find a local Mexican restaurant on AOL City (laughs) Guide? Whoa!
2: How to find AOL City Guide?
0: (laughs) Why? Why is? Why do you need to do it on this bad website? I mean, I've never been to AOL City Guide, but you know it's it's bad. bad Maybe it's the best one. It's definitely not.
2: (laughs) This is like going into Ask Jeeves to type in Google.com, so you can go there and do a search.
0: You'd be surprised. (laughs) <laughs> I've literally never heard of AOL City Guide before right now.
2: Yeah. I guess that's their trusted source for local stuff. Yeah. Why?
1: Uh, yeah,
2: I don't know why, but it, does is, it must I be.
1: wonder if it still exists. It's impossible to know.
0: Yep. No one will ever be able to say. Mm.
2: Anyway, try to look for anything with the search to a Mexican restaurant, and all the first search results will be like, local Mexican restaurants,
0: spend your money here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or just drive around your town- with the windows down and like drive past places until you see one where people are drinking margaritas out on the porch. That's probably the best Mexican restaurant in town.
2: <laughs> uh Dabble. I, I the got holes in the wall are always the best yeah. restaurants and they look
1: terrible. Yep. I got pretty good <laughs> advice on Twitter. I think I posted it in our Discord.
0: Yeah, uh, I actually saw that before you posted it and I was like, I'm gonna start yeah. doing
1: this. Go on. Uh youtuber Freddy Wong of Rocket Jump. Posted, if you are looking for Chinese food in your local metropolitan area, go on Yelp and find one that is exactly 3.5 stars. Then double check the reviews and make sure there's white people complaining about bad service. And that's how you know how to find, like, where the food will taste the best.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: yeah. And I did that literally that day, and it was pretty good. <laughs> So I don't know if this will apply also for other cuisines, but uh, mm, yeah. I I imagine if that if there are reviews for a restaurant that seem racist, it's probably a good restaurant.
2: Yeah, that's how I found the local um, uh, mm, international Stall for market.
0: Time. Stall more. No, see, Keep here's stalling. the thing.
2: I was gonna say Latin market, but it also has an Asian market in it, so I guess it's the international market. But mm-hmm. if you read the reviews, they're like, this place smells weird and people seem sketchy here. I'm like, oh, okay. so yeah. Yeah, so this place actually is good and has cheap produce and mm-hmm. people are just racist. Yeah.
0: People who are actually of the ethnicity of the things that they're selling go here. Yes,
2: exactly.
1: Um. Oh, wait, no, did we actually just give good advice? No, we <laughs> didn't because we didn't t- point them towards AOL City Guide. Okay. Yes. Oof,
0: was <laughs> close. So, go on AOL City Guide and type in 3.5 stars, but you have to spell it out. You can't use the numbers. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's the secret. There you go. How to use masking tape as a guide for drilling holes. I think mm-hmm. what they mean is you can use it to stop wood splintering as you drill
1: into it, but it's not really a guide. No, like, I, let, what, I let the masking tape be my guide.
0: <laughs> what I will say is that also it can be helpful if you want to, like, drill some holes that are perfectly level. It, it's yeah. hard to, to keep a level... Um, on the wall while you're drilling but you don't want to necessarily make pencil marks on your wall one thing you can do is put tape uh, against the side of your level to make sure it's straight and then draw where you're going to drill holes on the tape and then pull the tape up after you're done drilling that's a pretty helpful way to do it that's true maybe that's what they meant yeah Yep. i get freaked out by those
2: laser levels because yeah they're cool and they work good but as you're trying to work around them, you're constantly blocking the laser. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't understand how to do this.
1: Will a laser have- ever work better than just seeing if a bubble is in the middle? Yes. No. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry.
2: <laughs> I don't mind spirit levels. They have a cool name.
0: I think they're both good. I-, I I have this thing with tools where I find a tool that I think is cool and i Put it on my wish list, even though I don't have an immediate use for it, mm-hmm. and then it just ends up being a, another part of my collection. Mm-hmm. Um, your sick but someday collection. I might, yeah, <laughs> someday I might need that. I love those little boxes that you can set up that, like you you set it at a certain height and it auto levels to make a perfectly level laser mark on your wall or whatever that while you're cool. working. Yeah, God, those things are cool. I have no need for it
1: whatsoever, but they're so awesome. <laughs> No, I don't trust it.
0: Why?
2: <laughs> Jeff doesn't like this newfangled technology.
1: I don't know, it just feels like it could mess up.
2: <laughs>
0: In what way?
2: What do you mean? I don't know! Like, if- you sound like a grandma who doesn't want to buy
1: a computer, Jeff. Yeah, <laughs> It's just for, like, this task where for the last 5,000 years we've had a tool that works for it, I don't want a more complicated tool. It's like the, the sinks that have the hand-wavy like touchless turn on I'm like I don't that's fine but it messes up so much more often than just having a knob yeah that's fair
0: I'm trying to make a joke about that that's true for touchless turn on for people as well is that anything <laughs> no I guess that's, that's what like, ASMR is it's like Gross. when people have a kink for that, that thing that bullies would do where they're like does this bother you I'm not touching you <laughs> yeah that's gotta be somebody for sure I'm sure somebody's turned on by that. Uh, anyway, Jeff, you're weird. <laughs> you're
1: wrong. <laughs> no, it's good, actually.
0: I agree with you that a lot of the time the simplest solution is the best, but, like, it's very hard. A spirit level is good for if you're doing something small, but if you're, like, you know, putting Installing
2: up- shelves, yeah.
0: Yeah, a whole shelf, or, like, you're putting up a, a chair rail on a wall, or you're trying to line up your- Wallpaper correctly. You don't want to be using a one foot long spirit level and like shuffling along the wall, taking sixteen hours to do something that would take you five minutes with a laser level. I
1: used it for I used it for a shelf. It was fine. <laughs> different strokes yeah, for th- different th- folks. Th- audience th- fall off
0: the shelf sometimes, but it's still fine. No,
1: the shelf is perfectly level because I used that little bubble and made it be in the middle. <laughs> That, the
0: thing is,
2: the reason that worked for so long is it's pretty good for most things. Yep.
1: Different shows different for
2: other
0: different thing. folks. Here's the other thing, Jeff, and this is something they won't tell you Ooh, at the big me. box stores. Yeah. The laser level has a spirit level inside it also. <gasps> what? That's how it knows how to make things level. <laughs> no. No. I've been
1: lied to. Yep. You drop
2: your coffee cup. You drop your spirit level <laughs> and all the spirit falls out.
1: I'm, I'm <laughs> looking all around the room and all of the clues... Yeah.
0: You have a Polaroid of you standing next to a laser, (laughs) pointing at it, and it's like best weekend ever. Uh, uh, That's where
1: you got the idea to mention the laser. Mm. (laughs) Stupid show. Yes, this show's stupid and bad. Or the usual suspects is stupid and bad.
0: Yeah. That's also true. Both of these things can and are true. Okay. Yep. (sighs) Uh, But how do you train guide dogs? That seems incredibly difficult. Very
1: carefully. It
0: feels like like if you're starting that journey on WikiHow, you've already done it wrong.
2: (laughs) Yes, it does, doesn't it? This whole uh, school's for people, for teaching that.
0: Yes. Also, like, and this is more, this may just make me sound like a bad person, but why do you want to?
1: (laughs) (laughs) To help people and to spend time with dogs, I guess? Yeah, that sounds actually... I think you're the wrong one here, Matt. <laughs> I said you make
0: me sound like a bad person, and I'm right! <laughs> I, think, um, I think it just thing- makes you sound weird. <laughs> here's, the th- here's the reason that I ask, though. I think a lot of people do this thinking, like, well, I want to help people and I like dogs. But a lot of training guide dogs, as I understand it... I had a friend who trained guide dogs when I was a kid. A lot of it is not interacting with the dogs. Like yeah, you true. have to be very strict with the dogs, and you cannot treat them as pets.
1: Yeah, you yeah. have to be mean to dogs to train them for the most you part.
0: Kind of do. Like you can't show them any
1: affection.
2: What's complicated for training guide dogs is if you want to train a dog to be a cop. <laughs> no, let's not do that. I don't the think the we
1: should. By but it is... teaching them
0: about solidarity
1: <laughs> and that they can't
0: ever turn in their colleagues. Yeah. Uh, I want to train
2: dogs. Oh,
0: pretty
2: good <laughs> If you want to train a dog to walk on the sidewalk and sit at a uh, intersection and wait like to aid someone who's blank that's not too hard. What you have to be able to train a guide dog to do for it to be an effective guide dog is if you if the dog has taken a person into say a subway mm-hmm. and the person tells the dog to walk forward, The dog, and I know they train them to do this, the dog has to know that they are too close to the uh, edge of the platform. The dog needs to put their body sideways in front of the person and push the person back from the edge of the subway platform.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. How do you train a dog to not listen to some commands sometimes? Also...
0: If your dog is going, leading you into the subway platform, and the person standing next to you has a delicious cheesesteak, yeah. the dog has to not be interested. How do you do that? That is a- against God.
1: No. Yeah, I would be so interested, I would fall down the subway stairs. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> I think it's very simple, actually. You just have to live in a city that doesn't have delicious cheesesteaks. Mm-hmm. Oh, no.
2: <laughs> what a dystopian city that would be. Yeah.
1: Exactly.
0: That's where I live.
2: Yeah. <laughs> You have, a, you have you have you have chopped cheese. Is that not good enough?
1: No, that's not good enough.
2: <laughs> I like that you hate everything to do with Philadelphia culture except
1: cheese except cheesesteaks. <laughs> you know, the pork sandwich is okay too, but the cheesesteak—it's like I've had ones that are pretty good. I have not had one that is Philadelphia quality outside of Philadelphia. I do think
0: it's extra funny because Jeff obviously pretends to hate Philadelphia to be cool. And yet, culture is coming around and Philadelphia is the hot new city now, according to everybody. So now it's backfiring on you, Jeff. You are the one who's not
1: cool. It's always made me uncool because I grew up near Philadelphia where people like Philadelphia.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Remember they killed that hitchhiking robot? (laughs) Yes. <laughs> oh, Philadelphia, why did you do
0: that, though? No,
1: that's the best thing they could have done. <laughs> yeah, no, a, it's like they're a fun character to have in a news story about murdering a robot. But.
0: Here's the thing Philadelphia was the only city brave enough to say this is stupid. <laughs> you are laughing, but you know I'm right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: Is it bravery, or is it because they're all just actually the characters from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and they get enraged at anything different or new?
0: It's very easy to say, oh, well, these people made this uh, heart-lifting hitchhiking robot in order to reaffirm everyone's faith in humanity, and then the people in Philadelphia destroyed it, so (laughs) Uh they are the worst. But the real thing is... Like, that's such an artificial saccharine way to yep. shove like uh, your message down people's throats that I kind of think Philadelphia was right to do it, because fuck you! Yeah. And fuck you and you're trying to force <laughs> me to be a good person with your stupid, ugly robot. I'm just gonna throw <laughs> it in the garbage. I like that um, something like that works because...
2: No one destroys it for all this time. So the longer it goes with no one destroying it, the more the tension builds up. Like this is amazing. No one's destroyed it yet, which means that gives one person anywhere the power to have uh, the huge, changing, life-changing consequences by destroying this one robot.
1: Yeah, it's, it's true. It's
2: it's. it's I
0: it,
1: here's the thing. I think it's good they killed the robot. It also <laughs> I'm has glad we're
0: all on the same. It has so.
1: very big. I bring you love. It's bringing love. Don't let it get away. Break its legs. Yes. Kind of energy to it. <laughs> yes. Like the yeah. the good thing they did, they did it because they're bad people. <laughs>
0: Here's what I will say, sort of dovetailing with what Louisa said. If I met a guy in a bar and he was like, "Hey, you remember that hitchhiking love robot?" I carried it from Indiana to West Virginia I'd be like I don't give a shit, stop talking to me If a guy told me in a bar I'm the one who fucked up that love robot I would buy that guy a beer
1: You have to do it in the accent that that guy would have, try it again I can't do that, I don't know how to do a Philadelphia accent
0: Jeff can, Jeff do it
1: Oh boy, you're putting me on the spot
2: Yes, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff (laughs) Jeff
1: I don't. I don't have like a trick into it, so I could attempt it, and it would sound bad. Yep. Okay. <laughs> oh, you want that to happen? That is like <laughs> no, thank you. But Louise is like, yeah, do it bad. Louise
0: has got a real Philadelphia <laughs> mindset here. She's trying to fuck up your journey, Jeff. I'm destroying your brain, robot.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't. What was it last week? The week before? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Be like, hey, guy, you remember a few years ago when there was that robot that came to town? You sound like a valley girl. Yeah, yeah you, <laughs> a little bit. You're close. You're real close. I'm I'm missing some piece of it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You got to
0: be. You got it. As far as I can figure it out, I I like learning about accents, but I've never been able to get my head around the Philadelphia one. I think it's half valley girl and half like Boston drunk person.
1: You know what I realized, and this is tangentially related. The Valley Girl accent is nearly identical to the Vancouver Polish accent. Oh. Okay. If yeah. you listen to, uh, I didn't hear it as much on Stop Podcasting Yourself, but when I listened to Retail Nightmares, uh, mm. the whole time I'm like, why do they, they don't sound Canadian. And then it clicked for me and I'm like, oh yeah. And like, probably that's just the gold rush, right?
2: I don't know. I know one of the hosts of Retail Nightmares is actually from the East
1: uh, Montreal. Mm. I I think I I think when I googled around about it, like where where the accents traveled, there was something about there being similarity because of the Gold Rush to like California and Western Canadian accents. Interesting. But I could be making that up in my brain. <laughs> Probably are. <laughs> <clears throat> How to choose a hunting guide.
0: Um. Find the person who is missing the most fingers.
1: Hmm.
2: Are they wearing a boar skin or a bear skin? Perhaps. Mm -hmm.
1: Wait until wait until the end of the the town hall meeting, where Mm -hmm. everyone's getting really upset about this animal Mm -hmm. that you need to hunt. Okay, yeah, love this. And then there's one guy at the back smoking three cigars. Mm -hmm. And he leads
0: the whole board meeting in a song about how afraid they are, but they need to go and kill
1: that beast. (laughs) How many eggs does he eat for breakfast? (laughs) Uh, I would say he eats uh, as messily as possible three hard-boiled eggs every five minutes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That does
0: make sense.
1: He's got one cool hand and one hot hand.
0: (laughs) Oh man, and
1: he's a real cool hand, Luke.
0: Yeah, is that what that
1: movie is about? Uh, I know that the most famous part is he has to eat one hundred hard-boiled eggs on a dare. <laughs> yeah,
0: <sighs>
1: he never He
2: scratches cool his fingers down the chalkboard. The scariest part.
1: Nope, don't know that. No, 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 no Jeff no. is referencing. Oh, dolls. you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay, we're <laughs> back there. Then he he's warning some teenagers not to go down Does to he... the old uh, MacGuffin mansion because it's. <laughs>
0: Does he get a makeover in a sentient wardrobe at any point?
1: <laughs> uh no, he's immune to it. He gets eaten by the oh. wardrobe, but it spits out his bones.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's better than. <laughs> me succumbing to a makeover. It's better in for fact, him. I'd,
1: I'd say that if he
0: said it was better, that would make you a bad person. <laughs> Jeff just did that.
1: Yep, it, that's, It's what he wants, he's just been looking for a monster to kill him this whole time. Oh, okay. Ooh, I love
0: this. I love this character.
1: <laughs> he tells a really he's harrowing... On, st- <laughs> but with a secret death wish. <laughs> tells a really harrowing story in the middle of the movie about a time a bunch of furniture ate all his friends. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> I do feel like there should be more death in Beauty and the Beast, the Disney
1: story. Yeah, Beast should have stayed dead at the end. Yeah, maybe.
0: Yeah, sacrificed himself. That would make sense. And like all of the the furniture fighting people, it becomes a weirdly Looney Tunesy fight. When before that, there is very real like pitchforks and torches stuff going on. Yeah. I don't know that those two mesh super well. God, can you imagine being in the
2: writer's room and being like, okay, so Pitchfork's uh, whipping up fear in the community, and then, in this kid's movie, (laughs) then what do we do? (laughs) Yeah. Oh
0: my god. (laughs) I do like the idea that some guy in that writer's room was like, all right, guys, you know what? I'm gonna be the bad guy and say it. The hat rack strangles Gaston to death. (laughs) How do we feel about that? (laughs)
1: Listen, LeFou just gets his <coughs> brains bashed in by an ottoman. You yeah. need to accept the explored- realism.
0: I've been de- begging since the beginning of this writing process that we explore the sentient knives in the kitchen, and guys, this is the time.
1: <laughs> oh, man. It was bad enough that you didn't let me make the seas turn red at the end of The Little Mermaid <laughs> with yeah. the blood of the sea witch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I always forget the ending to Little
2: Mermaid because it's so fucked up. Uh, Stab- it, stabbing giant Ursula, <laughs> with yeah. <a> broken ship.
1: <laughs> Honestly, I was taking a shot in the dark that the blo- that the sea doesn't turn red with her blood. I just assumed <laughs> no, that that's it
0: doesn't. Fair.
1: <laughs> it doesn't, right? right?
0: <laughs> it yeah. turns wine dark, and then Achilles <laughs> sails on it to his <laughs> uh, fate. And he's like,
2: "See me again in Hercules, coming in mm-hmm. 1996."
0: <laughs> yep. And that's the gospel truth, he says, and winks at the camera. <laughs> Is Achilles in the, the Disney's Hercules? No. That would be weird. <laughs> Wait. Well, he's referenced in that one song.
2: Is it? Um, oh, he is. You're
0: right. <laughs> he was. He talks about uh, Danny DeVito, whatever that character's name is. Talks so. about how he trained Achilles, but forgot to train his heel, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And then,
1: if that's especially weird, because don't they give Hercules the Achilles backstory where he's like dipped in some kind of god goo? No, no he drinks. He drinks anti god goo to be not a
0: god. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember that movie very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the gods are today known as gin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, are you saying that the gods didn't drink gin? That seems unlikely.
0: Mm-hmm. No, they gave us gin as punishment for our hubris. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I like drink this. It tastes like a floor cleaner. Yeah, yeah. gin is the opposite it's so of fire. Good, the problem is that they also, it's infected us all with a desire to drink it, even though it's disgusting. Yeah, perfect. Prometheus yeah. brought
1: us fire to cook our meals and power our machines, so that the gods gave us gin, the exact antithesis. Yeah.
2: This is yep. exactly what Hot Peppers did in real life, where they're like, we're going to be gross and you're not going to want to eat us. And then we're like, actually, we like the gross part. Do you want to eat you?
0: Yeah, fuck me up, Pepper Daddy. <laughs> but here's,
1: here's the thing, though. Oh my
0: god, Jeff. If I get you a t shirt that says, fuck me up, Pepper Daddy, would you wear it?
1: Uh, no. <laughs> I guess wearing a (laughs) t-shirt that says fuck on it is a rough ask. Yeah, I've done it before. People give you bad looks. (laughs) Um,
0: What if I did fuck me up, Pepper Daddy, but I replaced the U with a curvy hot pepper?
2: (laughs) I don't think that's better. Yeah. Also, I think you should design a shirt and wear it, Matt.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I wonder about hot peppers, because, like, the way seeds get spread for plants is by animals eating them, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So does the hot pepper hotness, is that meant to keep away, like, pests? No, no, it's...
0: no, no. Oh, wait, I know the answer to this. Yeah, I, think I know I do Okay, go on. Um, birds don't have the oh. taste buds yeah. to experience the spiciness of capsaicin in the way that mammals do. Oh, well, that's so sad. So hot peppers were like... We don't want our seeds being transported on the ground like idiots.
2: (laughs) Well, I think it's more that the mammalian digestive process is slower and it can damage the seeds. Mm. So yeah, they want birds to just (laughs) have those
0: seeds go through real
1: fast. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, like something through uh, something else.
0: Yep. I loved (laughs) the episode of Mythbusters where there was a, a myth of like, if you rub yourself in chili pepper... Then sharks won't want to bite you because they'll, you'll smell spicy or whatever. Yeah. And so they put a balloon full of the, like, pure capsaicin, the most. Spicy thing you could possibly get so spicy that Jamie dipped his pinky in it, put it on his tongue, and threw up for six
1: hours.
0: (laughs) Uh, And a shark came over and ate the whole balloon and did not react at all because that's not how fish mouths work. Yeah, I I bet that shark was real spicy if you caught it after that
1: though. Ooh, yeah, it was probably delicious. Delicious, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, They probably um, it's it's so hard to remember that sharks are just big mean fish right yeah
0: Yeah. sharks feel like they should be mammals am i right (laughs) they seem like a different. like they belong in the alligator family. they're like dinosaurs is what they are they're like angry dolphins and (laughs) whales but dolphins and whales are both mammals so how is a shark not though if
1: there was a shark pokemon that was a dragon type i'd be like yeah okay
0: oh man shark dragon is a great idea for something for a pokemon yeah maybe Or a new
2: send him axe body spray
0: maybe that's what this duck pokemon evolves into as a shark whoa
1: <laughs> that would be insane <laughs> uh, can we be done well, the show i super have to pee.
0: <laughs> yeah uh, thanks for, for listening to the show we didn't talk about guiding fucking at all cares? <laughs> okay,
2: start a fishing fine. guide service find out where the sharks are and get the sharks
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. How to get a study guide for whatever dumb test? Don't don't study because study is for nerds. Yeah, just be
1: yeah. Uh, born smart.
0: Uh, so if you like the show, please rate not, and review not us true. on iTunes you can't be born or smart. your podcatcher of choice. Jeff is going to have a running commentary under it as I do the show Sorry, I, business. I
1: just had, I had uh, to mention So that. if you
0: want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter at HackTheNetPod, or you can join our Discord to talk to us directly. You just need to message one of us on Mastodon. I'm at Matt Heron at
1: Mastodon. online. I'm all over the gosh dang internet. com has a bunch of podcasts I made. That's it.
2: All right, and you can talk to me on Mastodon
0: at Louisa at mastodon.xyz. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening to the show. If you'd like to come back next week, but in the meantime, do not forget that if it's not Matt,
1: it's not worth it. I don't know if people are going to be into it.
2: (laughs) I'm the best around.
1: You changed yours up a little bit there, Jeff.